1: Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and what I am here to sit down. Uh, and ask all of you is, how are you? How's everyone doing, my babies? I, I know I always say that I wish that you could answer back in real time because I genuinely would like to know, but I mean, I guess you can always like, you could DM me, you can comment. I mean, I'm here. I, I really like to check in. I'll tell you how I'm doing. I <laughs> I'm navigating commenting on the world when the world seems kind of grim, kind of tense, But something that brought me a lot of comfort this week was something that popped up on my feed on Instagram. And that was seeing Hilaria Baldwin pregnant, doing a pregnancy. I want to say like um, these high-heeled glam pregnancy workouts. It seems to be par for the course. Every pregnancy that she's done involves some sort of workout video i don't it's not even really i don't know if it's instructional or if you're supposed to do it along with her it often involves some form of like leather clothing leather pants high heeled stilettos uh, a fancy dress and the workout is kind of like uh pulsing (laughs) it's a lot of it's a little bit of writhing i i guess it's there uh she's allowed to document it but i'm not kidding when i said that it brought me some comfort (laughs) to think that like things change it feels like so much changes in the world so much changes like in our own lives but it feels like this constant that Hilaria Baldwin will be out there uh, like a a tale as old as time Hilaria Baldwin at any given time is uh, about to welcome another Baldwinito on the way and is doing her workouts with us for anyone who's unfamiliar with Hilaria Baldwin she's Alec Baldwin's wife. She was caught basically impersonating being a person from Spain for about 20 years without anyone really catching on. Then people caught on, I guess it was about a year or two ago, and she doubled down on it. She was like, no, you know what? I may be Hillary from Boston, but really in my soul, I'm Hilaria from Spain. And it's kind of, it's a little Rachel Dolezal-like. And I mean, like Rachel Dolezal, she doubly committed. She said, look, there's evidence that you have here that what I'm saying is not true. But what I believe is that what I'm saying is true. And so that's her thing along with having these kids. This is her seventh kid. And I don't know, something about the fact that I just feel like until I no longer see any new Baldunitos, I'll just take comfort in the fact that this seems to be one of one of the only constants that I have in my life at the moment. So thanks, Hilaria. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for letting me know that things change and things stay the same. (laughs) So I'm going to get into today's episode very shortly, but for this week's Patreon, it's all about housewives doing crimes. I did it with Sammy P. And it's funny because one of the first things we got to right off the bat was her passion for pranks. And my. I'm like the fun police. I can't handle pranks. I don't like or believe in them and she just loves them it's funny because i just did a whole deep dive on last week's patreon with laura danger about the most absurd and highly unethical prank shows reality shows of all time we're on the page of the no pranks uh side of the world for the people who love them you'll get your redemption this wednesday hearing sam roasting me for not being able to handle the that side of fun that way of people having fun but we mainly get into the sketchy things that housewives are up to legally, allegedly. We get into some controversial takes on Dorit's robbery. And of course, Jen Shaw, the Jen Shaw of it all, <laughs> aka the Jen Shaw whose tagline of last season of Salt Lake City was, The only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. So we get into the ways that we all know that is not true. We get into Erica Jane, all of that. So that's at patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing. So that's a way to support the pod. But the other way is just listening. So you've checked off that box, just by hearing the sound of my voice at this very moment. And if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, download this episode, and give a give me a little rating, give me a little five star review. If you have less than a five star review, if you have some critical feedback, what is it constructive feedback, just, just DM me on Instagram. I, I'm open to hearing it. My guest today is Tori from the Ready to Be Petty podcast, and we did a whole deep dive on Mary-Kate Nashley. It is the prolific Mary-Kate and Ashley episode. I took on research for the first half of their lives, and she took on the research for the second half so far. So I took on their childhood. She took on their adult life. We both, there's a lot of overlap between the two and, uh, there's very few people that, that are as young as they are and have fit that much into their careers and their controversies and their dating life and all that. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay. And we're back with the wickedly talented Tori from (laughs) ready to be petty.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I am so glad that's the way that I got introduced, this is so funny.
1: Just, I just had to hold back from finishing it with Adele Dazeem. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And that's a callback from many episodes ago, so yeah. I hope everyone got it. <laughs> well, and
1: slash, like, how I want to introduce everyone. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's, it's John Travolta uh, introducing... Adina Menzel as yeah. the wickedly talented Adele Dazim. and yeah <laughs> it lives in my mind I think about it uh weekly and <laughs> same <laughs> but yeah you're the wickedly talented Tori of ready <laughs> to be petty um it's great to have you back on the pod I don't know how many times we've recorded together a handful now
0: yeah in my short
1: podcasting career lucky me Lucky me. (laughs) (laughs) And you just launched merch, correct?
0: Correct. Oh my gosh, yes. I've had like a a Starbucks cup that I did like some small batches of that say Ready to be Petty. But I found a small creator in California that makes these and these keychains that say Ready to be Petty. So you can you know, always have a reminder that you're probably a better driver than I am. <laughs> and then you can sip your Starbucks cup and let everybody else know that you're a petty, a petty bitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because why take the high road when you can just <laughs> get ready <laughs> and stay ready uh, to be yes. petty, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Truly. But
1: yeah, I, I kind of mentioned this to you just before recording, but I had an elaborate plan. I ordered a cup. It has arrived. I can't get mail to my house because I live on a busy street. It was at my dad's house and I, I ran out of time to go get it. But I was just going to like covertly like get it out while you're talking start slurping. Be like, oh, that me and my tumbler, me and my ready to be petty tumbler.
0: It's so iconic and sad that that didn't happen. But thanks so much for your constant support of my podcast i really appreciate it
1: oh i mean the pleasure's all mine i i <laughs> kind of feel like i need to anoint my tumbler, um with the first beverage being like the bieber brew that feels like it would be on yes. brand
0: <laughs> yes oh my god yeah mine is constantly filled with iced coffee and which is why i have constant dehydration <laughs> at eight <Yeah>. but so <laughs> filled with water today but um. Yeah. Consistently iced coffee. It's it's the perfect size. It's at the 24 ounce one. So and iced because I prefer iced to hot coffee. It's it's what every basic basic B needs this summer.
1: Yes. Yes, and we love basicness around here. At least
0: we do. I sure, I sure as heck do. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking fun. Everyone like, I don't know. It's fun to be a basic bitch. Like I don't. It
1: literally means you're comfortable and enjoying uh, popular, yes, uh, instantly digestible culture, like and music and, yes. and, and et and etc. So uh, yeah, get into it.
0: We embrace it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Who are we trying? What are we trying to prove out here? <laughs> the world's on fire oh, really? just wear your slippers and have your starbucks and
0: yes so
1: we're gonna chat all about mary kate and ashley today and i'm so excited so you were the person who chose this topic and i just want to <laughs> well no i'm happy what what has been a really great joy for me lately is just asking guests that are about to come on like what you want to talk about and leaving it open to anything I'm down and you're so thorough in your research. I was learning things just reading the outline that you put together. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, this is my first time actually on a podcast that I get to talk about Mary-Kate and Ashley in depth. So I'm so excited. I think that they were just such a cultural phenomenon uh, growing up uh, because there are a few years older than me so they were almost like a role model they were definitely a role model for me their movies especially the ones when they're in their teens and they're traveling to like passport to Paris winning London that is cinema like they are so fun and the outfits are good and the boys are cute and it's it's just what you wanted your life to be when you like went on vacation yeah
1: yeah and what I was thinking about when I was putting together notes and research for this episode is that they've really defined multiple eras. Like they've set the tone and created a whole movement in a few different ways throughout their career from this like Y2K kind of aesthetic to then the uh, bag lady kind
0: of look. We'll discuss that. Yeah. I saw it written a lot online, like homeless chic, obviously awful name. Yeah.
1: Even bag lady. It, I was like, is this politically incorrect? Everything feels wrong, but
0: it feels wrong. Cause I think it is, but it evokes a certain image that they really defined in like the late, later 2000 2000- yeah,
1: looking messy in a $4,000 outfit or whatever, five, yes. four, ten dollars you know, whatever. So yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, Yeah. But we'll get into that. So, we're going to go through their life and we're going to work from basically from birth because that's when they started Literally working yes. <laughs> like i'm surprised they didn't find a way to get them to start working when they were like in the womb um, but basically from birth to now and all the different triumphs and controversies after looking into their lives i feel like they are the people that if i could give like someone a full interrogation like just know what they know they're the ones yeah honestly what happened with Heath Ledger like what 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 was you know what were all these different sets like Uh, anyway I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself
0: but before we begin I want to ask you a really important question one that I feel like is on everyone's mind are you a Mary-Kate or are you an Ashley
1: Yeah. So many people have been asking me. um, (laughs) 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 Um, No, I, (laughs) no one's been asking me. Um, (laughs) I'll just say, okay, so I consume their content. um, I'm sure I probably purchased their merch at some point as a kid, but I also was a very sensitive kid. No surprise there. Um, And when When I was about, I don't know, nine or 10, I think someone told me it was like either they met Mary-Kate and Ashley or a friend of a friend did. They saw them out in public and they said they were really rude to them. And they were like, don't talk to me. Like, (laughs) well, okay, quote unquote rude. They're just exhausted and have never gotten a break and are like
0: (laughs) zoo animals. queens of setting boundaries but yeah. like we're like how dare yeah, you yeah like- yeah but in like <laughs> but in my nine
1: year old brain i didn't understand at that point that celebrities were their own people that what what yeah. fame did and what being a child's did so i didn't really see myself in their image <laughs> but i would say like ashley you know
0: yeah i'm, I'm definitely an ashley that wants to be a mary kate
1: oh tell me why <laughs> what <laughs> like you, you're you like obviously i'm like what <laughs> obviously
0: clearly i just feel like mary kate is the one that i think that okay both of them definitely have a certain air of just coolness yeah and sophistication and confidence that i don't think i'll ever have like they're just so articulate and God, I'm just like singing their praises. I hope you, I hope you two are listening. No, but I'm also, but I'm like,
1: no, but I, I'm, I'm with you on this. And like, for me, so I see them as these like powerhouses, maybe, I mean, what I don't think I fully understand in my soul is like, what's the difference between Mary (laughs) Kay and Ashley? (laughs) I think
0: like. For me, Ashley, and I think she also played a lot of this in the movies, but she was, like, usually in the movies, like, the more girly, organized type A, and Mary-Kate was, like, the free spirit, maybe tomboy type version. And I felt like because Mary-Kate just seemed to have, again, this coolness, like, she just emanated cool, that is something that I it's like you can't work towards that it's like you have it or you don't and I felt like she really had it so yeah
1: okay okay that's no but that (laughs) like that this is important it's really important to set the tone because they are their own people and they're people with long complicated lives so yeah that yeah that kind of (laughs) that sets the stage I want to start with their lives slash career because really their lives and their career is one is completely, it's always been one. So they were born in 1986 and then by 1987, they were cast on full house. So they work from the time they were about different reports, say six months, nine months old, a little baby, less than one year old um, for the next eight years on full house. So wild. Um, now, there are different reports about why they were cast and i've heard rumors that make a lot of sense to me that they were cast as twins because of child labor laws um they were only allowed to work when they were infants uh 20 minutes at a time so when it was two of them they could work for 40 minutes because they would switch them out and so (laughs) Way to feel like a puppet and expendable. You know, like you would just,
0: Literally. you would feel
1: gross thinking about that and having your twinness uh, exploited from the get-go. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it, it, it's very awesome, um, cool and Dylan Sprouse vibes, but mm-hmm. I wonder what that does do on your, like, psyche of, like, basically where it's like, hey, we're interchangeable, and we're playing the same person even though we're two distinct people etc and i know obviously they were really young at this time but also there was some like formative childhood years that they were still playing the same person
1: yeah yeah i think i i've known twins throughout my life and there's a lot of uh there's a- there's some baggage that can come with it especially when you're an identical totally. twin of like just kind of getting lost in your identity and what your identity is with this other person who looks just like you. And if you're used interchangeably in this way during those most formative years, oof, that's uh, a, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's going to mess you up totally. re- really bad uh, from the start. Not to mention like what was happening. Like we don't, we're not, not really going to know what's what happened on set or if there was any kind of uh, further I want to say malpractice or mistreatment or anything of, of kids. I know a lot of child stars have come out and talked about problematic things that have happened, but overall they've been super quiet. They've almost said nothing about their experience.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I don't think that there was, um, rumors floating around about that, but you're totally right. I think children in any work setting there's the opportunity for them to be mistreated or taken advantage of and their parents are often don't want to stereotype all their parents but their parents are often ones that are kind of pushing them into this um especially when they're they're so young like they were doing it before they could talk so yeah there's definitely room for those things to happen
1: yeah I'm at the point now where I don't trust any showbiz parents almost any there there are exceptions like doing you know a baby food commercial when your kid is you know a few months old yeah. it's like a two-day shoot whatever but who sends in photos of your kids who takes baby headshots for a show that they're going to be on yeah
0: it, 100%. it's like
1: yeah it, it's so questionable were, were you a full house fan
0: no i was born in 92 so I missed... We get it, Tori.
1: You're so young.
0: I'm so young. Um, but yeah, so I missed kind of the heyday of Full House. And then when Fuller House came back, I was like, this seems kind of sad, to be honest. Like, <laughs> like I'm kind of embarrassed for the cast. So I I didn't get into it. But like, I know all of the... Because it's so everywhere in pop culture like I know that you got it dude and like some of the catchphrases and like the characters and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah I mean I was born in 88 but I was <laughs> totally distracted by Oprah I was an Oprah girl I watched it like yeah. every day after school
0: and so same and so but, same. E- but even that
1: I I get clips and I, I would see episodes here and there um I I think everyone has no matter <laughs>
0: know who you are yeah. it's kind of like friends even if you haven't seen the whole series like you just it infiltra- infiltrates your brain like you just see it everywhere yeah kind
1: of by osmosis like I wasn't really I didn't really watch friends but I know all the main parts of like the different characters and their little taglines and whatever totally. I, I've ne- I just never really been into comedies I think ever since I was young any type of laugh track I just found so obnoxious so <laughs>
0: Same, I never. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I'm not like a 22 minute comedy gal. Yeah, at all. I'm. are just kind of cheesy. You and I, unscripted TV it is, yeah. is where we're at. Like,
1: yeah, I was watching like <laughs> Maury and <laughs> yeah, Oprah. Yeah, yeah, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> so with Full House, um, John Stamos actually admitted to trying to get them fired at one point for he said crying all the time,
0: <laughs> like. like what child is not fucking crying all the time that was so annoying well he's just
1: probably some fuck boy like pampered actor who's like oh get this noise offset. like you know just (laughs) trying to get them fired and they actually at one point they tried to replace them with different twins and there was like a revolt and so they quickly put them back in and There was this little moment, this tiny little moment from an interview. It's a very small moment in time, but basically they were talking about how at 10 they got addicted to coffee because their mom would take them for coffee on the weekend. And it's kind of inoffensive if you just heard that from your average person, but from them, it was like one more red flag for their parents.
0: One hundred percent. It was reminded me a lot of Honey Boo Boo and the Go-Go Juice. (laughs) days of toddlers and tiaras with mama june yeah like it just we shouldn't be giving our kids like stimulants like (laughs) like yeah don't give your kid coffee yeah yeah
1: and 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 let's say there was some parent out there some non-showbiz parent who is giving their kid coffee i mean uh i i don't know why you would because then you would have to pay the consequences of an even more uh, wild bouncing off the walls child. But when that could just be like some kind of like slightly quirky slightly messed up thing a parent does, but then when you combine it with someone who's like basically like gun to their head like get back on set, you little 5-year-old or 10-year-old, like then it 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 feels sinister.
0: 100% cuz like I remember my mom's favorite like dessert is like chocolate covered coffee beans. So as a kid as a young kid like if she had them around the house like I might have one or two or like you know like an iced cap from Tim Hortons probably doesn't even contain caffeine but (laughs) you're right like as a kid like I probably consumed some of those things but you're right like for how much they worked for being in showbiz It's a red flag. Yeah,
1: it's like with you. It's like I wouldn't be suspicious of your mom if you told me that she gave you some like chocolate covered coffee beans as a kid. Yeah, But if you were like (laughs) if you were like my mom put me on this TV show and then I had a little snack of coffee covered chocolate covered (laughs) coffee beans, then I'd be like, oh, okay, OK, a little different. Um, (laughs) Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Totally. So, the, the girls themselves didn't really talk about this time. They still never really have to this day. But I found this out through the Celebrity Memoir Book Club podcast. Um, they did an episode on Jody Sweeten and her memoir. And she referred to the Olsen twins, like she kind of talked a bit about them. And I found it really insightful. So basically in her memoir, she talked about the pressure being child star, what it did to her to be on full house, how overworked she was and like how much it just, it just truly messed her up as a person and caused her to spiral into drug addiction. And she said, I was pushed to my absolute limits, but the Olsen twins were pushed further. So we would get, this like summer break type of thing they would get a few months off every year and she said every year when she would go and basically just sleep for a month the Olsen twins would be off filming a movie yeah. or multiple movies and they yes. never got a break so another yeah. strike for their parents and for them just being totally used a- as children
0: 100% and we will talk about this in their later years but I think that. Their childhood and teen years are the big push for why they have such strict boundaries with privacy and stuff nowadays Mm -hmm. because of how, yeah, exploited and how they were literally everywhere. Like they were, you know, their merch, their movies, their TV shows. It was everything. Their fan club that they had, like, mm-hmm. it was it was literally everywhere. They were working so hard all of the time, which sucks for little kids. Like, it's really sad.
1: Yeah, totally. And, like, between my episode last week about Amanda Bynes and then now on Mary-Kate and Ashley, just thinking about child stars and what it really does to them, I'm remembering an essay that Mara Wilson wrote. Have you ever, do yeah. you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yes. Cause she was Matilda.
1: Yeah. She was Matilda and she was in a couple of other blockbusters back to back. And she had parents that were really supportive of her leaving and weren't really in the biz, but she is very articulate and very open about the trauma that that caused her. And it, it explains it really in layman's terms, like in a way that you would understand as someone who's not involved in the business. So Maybe I'll, I'll link it in the episode description because when you hear their story and then you read her essay, it's like, you know, you can, you can, <laughs> you can put two and two together of like the, yes. the insanity. Okay. So they were on full house. Then when they were six, they started starring in commercials. Then mm-hmm. I actually had to like count this out uh, a couple times to make sure I was getting it right from ages six to 18. So 1992, 2004, they had 30 roles, and that includes movies that they start in shows that they start in roles on other major movies and shows like 30 roles. And a lot of these were while they were filming full house.
0: Yeah. It's so wild. Even I was thinking the other day, because I loved so little time. Did you watch their show? I didn't. It I'm w- sorry. Okay. It's okay. It was on YTV for those Canadians. And <laughs> it was when they were like teens they were in high school at the time stuff like that it was so so fun then on tiktok the other day i was like oh my god this is a mary kate and ashley tv show but it's not so little time i had literally forgot about two of a kind like an entire tv show that they filmed and i watched i just forgot because they're literally in everything
1: yeah totally usually when i do a deep dive on someone and they've had a movie or a tv show out i i try to watch it ahead of the episode but i'm like they had 30 fucking movies and shows yeah, I'm not gonna you're like, not what am watching. i what am i watching yes. like <laughs> I'm not, yes i'm just gonna know that they were deeply overworked not underpaid mm-hmm. but also whatever at that point you're so yes <laughs> you're so traumatized like what do you even do with that money
0: they were working their entire years <laughs> like,
1: they were fully. yeah they were working over 24 hours a day it seems yes yeah and so that was all of their roles but then on top of that their names were licensed to these were these were the following products that were licensed under their name mary kate nashley empire clothes purses hats books cds fragrances makeup video games board games Dolls, telephones, telephones, like,
0: (laughs) yeah, like plug into the wall. Yes, full on telephones. I think Miss 2000, 2005, she's a content creator. I think it's like MISSS 2005. She just purchased the Mary Kane Ashley plug in phone, and I was like, having jealous flashbacks from when I wanted that phone as a kid I was like why wouldn't my parents let me have my own phone in my room that's branded Mary Kate and Ashley I just remember so vividly again people are like hey shut the f up I just vividly remember like their fragrances at Walmart and like their clothes and stuff and like ads in magazines like YM and Teen People and um, J14 and stuff like that and I just god, those yeah were they DJs, were the cool funky it girls you. oh they were so cool like their hair with the little flip their little colored sunglasses their Like their I wanted those caps. so bad oh my god like they could pull off any outfit I was just so jealous I thought they they were always wearing like weird accessories and stuff but like it wasn't weird like hannah montana or like miley cyrus it fucking worked like it like i it just looked
1: yeah they were fashion icon Uh, they were they were fashion girls from the start um and they could pull off like a belt over a tank top or later later on like giant trench coats year round you know they really they really can't pull off anything
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Literally. I know. They would always have such cool like coats or like kind of like wedge high heels and stuff. And I'd be like, they look so grown yeah, up. Yeah, it was and, this like... mix of like
1: not quite being ahead of the time because it was very much like of the moment. It was like trendy, but in their own way. It's like they they're the trailblazers yeah. Yeah. of this.
0: Yeah, it was just very specific to them. So yeah, I remember I wanted the fragrance so bad. It's like, where, where was I wearing Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> like, <yes. laughs>
1: like, I was 11 or It's I'm to perfect. make your friends jealous. That's, uh, um, Or or like, yeah, just swap it around totally. and be like the person who like brings their Mary-Kate and Ashley perfume to school and is like, I got the goods. Mm. Who wants a little spritz? Yeah, <laughs>
0: he's so embarrassing but yeah it was very they're like they are like the pinnacle of i don't want to say capitalism but like
1: girl boss queens but like literally they were girls they were young girls (laughs) and they were bosses of a multi-million dollar empire so
0: the the definition (laughs) of girl bosses but yeah yes yeah like the consumer aspect is really interesting to me because you're right like they were selling this look that I wanted to be a part of. It was also
1: like very achievable. It wasn't like these outlandish looks. It was like you could find it at Walmart or, you know, whatever, like equivalent (laughs) department store.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to be at the Atlantis resort in the summer uh, like them, but I could wear my Walmart um jean skirt from that Mary Kate and Ashley line. <laughs>
1: Not like now where it's like a black t shirt from the row that's like three thousand dollars, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um yes. yeah. So yes. yeah, that was them girl bossing away at the time. And <laughs> of of all this time, like the only real quote that I could find from either of them about anything negative about this time is mary kate at one point quite a while ago in an interview said we felt like little monkey performers i look at old photos of me and i don't feel connected to them at all i wouldn't wish my upbringing on anyone but i wouldn't trade it for the world and like i feel like she just kind of threw, threw that in <laughs> at the end <laughs> it was like uh yeah. we were exploited and uh, and i'm grateful because you you have to sound grateful at that point
0: you do You do you can't because especially with millionaires and like famous people they have to seem grateful for us to (laughs) allow them to continue to be famous. So I get that that and that makes me like so sad because the reverence that I had for them especially in these younger years for them to not feel connected and how could you how could you develop an identity when you are playing when you're acting for 12 months out of the year
1: yeah exactly and you're playing this role where it's you and your sister and they're they have you both there so they can warp the laws and make even more money off of you so it's uh, my interpretation of their silence is they just want notoriety in some senses like in terms of their fashion brands and everything but in many other senses just being obscure like they're like we don't even we don't we don't want to engage we don't want to talk about we don't know her basically and the moment they opened up about anything or we're like we had a bad time it would be picked apart analyzed they'd be hounded for more that's that's how I see it
0: yeah 100% like even Amanda Bynes right now um And Britney Spears even, I think, like, they've kind of talked about, I don't know, like, at least Britney has that her life, the way that people are talking about it, she doesn't love. And so I think that they don't want maybe that same microscope microscope on these, like, earlier years. And that's so fair. Because they had such a lack of control and power seemingly as they grew up with this stuff so we can give them that control and power back by discussing it in a in a ethical way and and letting them yeah and in some ways it's kind of like the
1: ultimate power move to just go silent and never speak never speak a word again and 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 be these people that were constantly on our screens have been everywhere in hollywood and then you know they'll never speak a word of it
0: God, I wish I was like that so much, but I (laughs) can't shut up. But, like, it is such a power move to just not talk about this type of thing or, like, not let people see that it bothered you or whatever. And I, again, just the exact opposite.
1: I'm someone who can't shut up either, but also we weren't so so exploited. Like, it makes me think of Mara Wilson's essay and how she says even now she doesn't even like photos taken of herself. And she was just in the spotlight for a couple yep. of years as a kid, and very much of yeah, and not to yeah, the extent of her own volition yeah. was able to leave as soon as she wanted to, and still feels uncomfortable just having people take photos of her, like friends at a party, and and she kind of freaks out a bit. Yep. So we we don't know. Given their circumstances, maybe that would actually get us to shut up. <laughs> True, <laughs> that would True. be about the only thing for True. me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. Um, so me too. just to uh, kind of wrap up their like pre um, their, their, their childhood, very, very early adulthood, all their, their years of acting. Um, There's a couple of controversies to say the least that involved them and the ways that they were treated. And this is kind of a theme throughout their lives. So the first little notable moment is pretty inoffensive and adorable in a way but it was like 2006 mary kate's boyfriend left her for paris hilton and she gave this really honest interview to w mag and said that she was just devastated and dropped out of nyu for this and said that she really loved him and was just trying to heal from it i was like oh stars they're just like us
0: (laughs) i was just gonna say i was just gonna say how relatable like (laughs)
1: Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it's basically the last of their uh, relatable scandals. Um, not even scandals, but yeah, the yeah. next one It's that's interesting. And this speaks to, I mean, just the vast wealth that they, they have. They were signed up for NYU and to prepare for it, they created their own kind of dorm situation by buying a $7 million penthouse in New York City. And Started to renovate it, but then sold it before it was done because they said renovations were taking too long.
0: Yeah, and this seems kind of like a consistent theme. Like some apartment living comes up in Mary Kate's divorce last year too. But yeah, so there's obviously a a a privilege that uh, a privileged experience that they're living during this time.
1: Yeah, it's a very uh, special kind of club that (laughs) buys $7 million penthouses for fun. But like, what else are they going to do with their like hundreds of millions of Totally, (laughs) totally. The next in these like notable moments and controversies really involves the the way that people talk to them. And this, along with them being put in this situation of having to act constantly in the first place, this is, um, after that, this is the saddest to me, but they were totally mocked and sexualized and put on a pedestal by everyone so they were at 16 years old they were on the cover of rolling stone magazine and under their names on the cover it said america's favorite fantasy and the article within was called the olsen twins the olsen twins sisters of perpetual abstinence yeah and i went to read the article and it was like you have to subscribe Um, to read it and I was like fuck you Rolling Stone I'm not paying for this shit
0: literally yeah I definitely remember um, like looking back on some of these this time especially yeah when they were like in their teen years as men talking about them like really grossly because they were kind of like all American sweethearts virginal like literally in their movies, like, the most sexual thing they would do is, like, hold hands with a guy or, like, a very chaste kiss. And so I think a lot of gross older men um, took, yeah, took that as, like, the virginal fantasy that um, that just, I don't know, that guys can't get over Yeah, they were, like,
1: they were, like, these cherubs yeah. that – creepy creepy men ever were chasing after and rolling stone could write this article about their virginity when they were 16 with uh and about how they're america's fantasy with no ramifications
0: yeah and i've heard clips of like howard stern and like other interviewers and stuff talking about yeah like when they turn 18 and like all of this really gross stuff so again they were subjected to the same type of misogyny and sexualization as many other young female stars yeah
1: there were many websites some of them that had a lot of traffic that were countdowns to them turning 18 and yeah. that's and I saw this compilation so in 2008 there was the roast of Bob Zaget, um on Comedy Central and I saw this compilation of his roast recently where it was all the different comments about Mary-Kate and Ashley all the jokes and it was like every comedian that was on that roast basically made up a joke that was about like essaying them and like molesting like about Bob Saget like being with them as children every single comedian in that roast and par for the course in 2008 but also like what the fuck
0: yeah 100% like it the context of that time um it's the accumulation of all of these things that we're seeing with like Paris and Lindsay and Brittany and Mary-Kate and Ashley and Amanda yeah
1: totally and yeah and they really had no safe place to turn because even when they went on the Oprah show that was one of Oprah's more controversial moments was the way she treated them so Oprah they were 17 at the time they went on her show and she was asking them about the rumors about them having an eating disorder because it, by then the rumors were rampant. And I think that it, that was the year that also Mary-Kate went to rehab for an eating disorder. Um, she was asking them about it. And they were in the middle of talking about how uncomfortable those rumors made them. And she cut them off and asked what size they were.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I love Oprah. I also like everyday after school would come home um Dr Phil was on at 3 so i would catch like the end of Dr Phil and then Oprah was on at 4 so i'd watch that till my mom started prepping for Same. dinner Same. that was like yeah the this is
1: this is <laughs> the schedule this is why we are the way we are today
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes seriously so like love her but her fixation on weight And fatness is so gross. And yeah, this was definitely like her whole show. There's so many ups and downs about losing weight, gaining weight back, how being fat is bad. Like all of this shit that is just like even her buying Weight Watchers in like the year of our Lord 2019 or something like it's just all a big no from me. But asking to young impressionable women, A, but, like, B, just anyone, what size of clothes they wear and how much they weigh, live on air is such a uh, an error of judgment. Like, that's just so inappropriate. And I cannot believe that people... Because I think that that didn't get much flack at the time. And, like, nope. people are just looking back at it now. And, like, how did we miss that? Like, it, I'm...
1: I mean, so shocked. I mean, it's the same thing as the roast of Bob Saget. Like, they're still roasts today, but that you wouldn't have a whole room of men making jokes about them assaulting children. You just wouldn't have that, even in a comedy set or a roast today, without it getting negative attention. And in two thousand eight, totally acceptable. Same with Oprah's behavior, totally acceptable. Like when they when they stalled, they didn't answer the question they said oh we're petite they were clearly uncomfortable she made fun of them she was like oh oh interesting like wow if I was skinny like you I would I would know what size I am it's funny you don't know like
0: it was I was like Oprah stop yeah it's so bad and again like we talked about identity development but also like body image and positive self image again i revered them for being confident and cool and beautiful and smart and articulate but like knowing that that probably wasn't the case inside their heads is like literally devastating for me
1: yeah i mean i don't know yeah (laughs) it it, i know and and that seemed to be i mean some kind of survival technique all they knew yeah that's yeah all they knew all they knew how to do was be directed by these adults telling them to smile for the camera
0: totally and this also so this was like 2003 2004 and this is definitely also when like blogs and websites talking about celebs and obviously there was always tabloids but this is definitely when that kind of culture is starting up so um the stuff around anorexia etc when you're getting ripped apart and analyzed at every move. I feel like that's like par for the course, which is so gross.
1: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And so that leads us. It's a nice segue into the next half of the show, which is their their yes. post-acting lives. And it was it it's basically like them both stepping into incredible roles and facing some of the consequences of their upbringing.
0: Yeah, 100%. So take us away, Tori. <laughs> yes. So around the time of the Oprah interview, Mary Kate enters treatment for anorexia. And I really remember um at this time, like watching them on like MTV and, and reading the magazines, like it would be, just covers of Mary Kate looking thin in, like, a bathing suit or, like, a super baggy dress, oversized sunglasses, and then people being, like, 99 pounds. Like, that would be the headline. Or, like, in, in later years, they become, some of their staple pieces of their image are, like, a large Venti Starbucks cup. So I just remember there was, like, all these articles being, like, their black coffee is, like, the only thing they consume that day and stuff like that. So just all of this, like, really gross talk about their bodies and, yeah, what they eat and eating disorders it, it,
1: it's as if all the websites and all the people that own the domains that were countdowns to them turning 18 then switched <laughs> and as soon as they turned 18 pivoted to like being like their bodies are disgusting look at it literally look at how, <laughs> like look at how skinny they are
0: <laughs> it's like they were kids and everything was just like cute beautiful funny charismatic then all of a sudden they're like teens and it's like way too skinny than like or I guess maybe the I guess like I don't remember them being called fat per per se and then having this swing into disordered eating and and becoming too thin but I'm sure that that was happening as as literal girls turn into women and get hips and boobs and tummies and etc. Yeah and if
1: you were acting in the 2000s like basically any time before 2010 and you were anything above a size zero I'm sure that you were called that multiple times ridiculed
0: yeah Yeah. and like you're right because also you're right the cultural context at this time is Kate Moss is again this is these are gross terms but heroin chic Paris Hilton low-rise jeans hip bones like all of that yeah like that is the context
1: and heroin chic like sounds really out of place in today's society but it's like the reason why it describes the time is because it was trying to capture how it was cool to look sickly. That was the cool thing. It wasn't just, oh, that you're skinny and chic. It's that you look like sunken in and unwell. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Kate Moss yes. does, you know?
0: Yes. Yeah. Very like Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Like, yeah. You drink black coffee, you smoke cigarettes, you do drugs, but that's like all you put into your body. Yeah. Like that was the look. Yeah. Which um, again, then we swung to this like wellness culture, but then kind of some of this party culture is coming back. It's, it's, it's fascinating for pop culture nerds like us. But um, at 18, they become co-presidents of Dualstar. star. So like Emily mentioned at the beginning of the episode, all of those, clothing lines and fragrances and branded products as well as their movies and tv shows are under this big umbrella company of Jewel star and it's actually wild because their estimated net worth I think in around 2020 is about a combined total of 500 million dollars so they are still And I know we'll talk about their clothing lines. And I think that those do well, but, um, or sorry, 2022, I think I said 2020, but 2022 combined net worth of 500 million, they must still be living off of like residuals of like passport to Paris.
1: Yeah, totally. Residuals. And also their fashion lines are very successful in of themselves. Like they're very respected in the fashion world, in the high fashion world. No less. I mean, um, I'm sure you follow Charles Gross on. Of on TikTok. Let,
0: Let's talk, let's about, talk it. about it.
1: All he wears is the row. It's like these, yeah. These, these NYC socialites—they're wearing the row. It is a very successful company, so I think that would have kept them in great business without all their residuals. But I'm sure that's that's probably the bulk of what they're earning.
0: Totally, which is so wild. Um, in this time, they also filmed their last movie together. So New York Minute came out in 2004. Um, it's the last movie that they did together. Mary Kate goes on to do a few others like Factory Girl, The Wackness, Beastly, um, as well as TV shows like Weeds and Samantha Who. And then Ashley did Solo, The Jerk Theory, and I'm Still Here. Did you watch any of those movies or TV shows? I...
1: I'm sorry I did not I did not I did not partake <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the, this cultural moment <laughs> <laughs> of their post Neither- post full house AT like adult acting career no I I think it's it's fake because they were going at such a crazy pace that even though that sounds like a lot of projects like for what they had been used to that that I, I imagine that felt like them winding down you know
0: yes which is so weird like that's still like five movies each and like in like 10 years or whatever like that's still a lot of projects oh that's booked and busy
1: for almost anyone else but like to the pace that they the only pace that they had ever known it might have just felt like okay i'm ready to slow down i'm gonna phase this out i'll just you know do a couple more movies maybe five or six and then that's it
0: (laughs) totally totally (laughs) so they are running dual star um they still have their fashion line at walmart they were really um, praised for like some of their philanthropic endeavors, which is interesting. They pledged that all of the people working in their Bangladesh factory that made the clothes would have a full maternity leave, which like honestly like gold stars. But also it's like that should be like the bare minimum. It- But I know that that's not the case for all celebrity lines. And I
1: feel like it's such a celebrity thing to have a clothing line where there's all these sweatshop rumors, but then be like, oh, but I did this show where we went to this orphanage and funded (laughs) it. And it's like, well, what about your freaking like workers that are writing help in the seams of their clothes? You know, like I feel like it's such a move to do both at once. So for them to actually do philanthropic things by taking the pre-existing workers that they already have and promoting good working conditions that feels way more real like real philanthropy
0: you're right that is like actual like equity work not just performative shit on their social yeah not
1: like them coming and like taking a photo of them pretending to dig a well like that's (laughs) you know yes yes
0: (laughs) or like when kylie goes to her factories and like pretends she like invented lipstick <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like and all the scientists and shit are just like okay <laughs>
1: yeah meanwhile <laughs> I mean yeah her business is about a lot of rumors of sweatshops like so yes yeah and then and then she, and, you know and then if there's like uh some hurricane she'll be like I donated 20 million dollars or whatever Probably yes, not even that yes. much. I don't think they
0: do that much Yeah, like 1 million pledged to. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. that sort of thing. As they're 18, 19, um, heading off to NYU, as you were saying, this is where they really pioneered the homeless chic look. Again, we, they're like, I saw on the internet, someone said like the bohemian, like bourgeoisie, or I don't know bougie I don't know whatever
1: the style that based on the 20-year fashion cycle that's about to come into style in the next couple years
0: which (laughs) which I'm like kind of down for because it's basically just you cover half your face with sunglasses which I'm always down to do because I don't like interaction
1: and then you cover the rest of your body in 15 layers
0: In 15 layers of like flowy fabric, honestly, it's very much like coastal grandma or coastal granny or whatever that new
1: whatever the kids are saying these days.
0: Yes, yes, it's very much that where you're wearing like a linen uh sweater that's like baggy and like a loose um skirt, and then again. The cigarettes and the iconic Starbucks cup. Um, never reusable. Always just like the <laughs> the venti, hot, uh, disposable cup.
1: Yeah. And like, the turtles if, were the least if, of people's if, worries in 2006. In to- 2006. <laughs>
0: 2004 yes. or yeah. five, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally. And like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google like, mary kate and ashley smoking (laughs) yeah and just have fun like it's so much fun Um, i also am excited for that to
1: come back into style
0: yes yes like f the low-rise pants and like skinny eyebrows like let's bring back the um a tote bag yeah yeah that yeah because i'm like i'm sick of not carrying my items i want to carry yeah, my yeah
1: items. i want to be librarian <laughs> granny chic so i want to yes. i want to be comfortable <laughs> at all costs yes. so it'd be great if that could be in style uh asap asap <laughs>
0: Um, that was the other piece is the large Birkin bag was like a very signature look. Cause it's like, again, you look quote unquote homeless, but you're actually wearing thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of clothing and accessories. Yes. Yeah,
1: and what's interesting too, is I've saw, I've seen this photo of one of them with a the Birkin that was torn up and they're wearing it. And that is kind of like, that really characterizes the quote, homeless chic (laughs) look, because that's what it, that's what it really comes down to. Like, that's the essence of it is millionaires cosplaying as homeless people. And there's, there's nothing that says that like a $30,000 bag that you literally have torn and (laughs) tattered and destroyed.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, um, I could afford another one. So I'm going to like, easily so um I can trash this one and it's totally it's kind of punk
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's like throwing down a really expensive like guitar and smashing it it's just being like look I don't care about things even though (laughs) you you peasants are not able to afford them
0: yes but that is what being rich is right is that that effortless and that effortlessness and that I'm so rich that I don't have to care about these things. Yeah. So it's 2005. They launched the aforementioned The Row when Ashley challenges Mary Kate to make the perfect t-shirt, like white t-shirt. That's the fun origin story that they share in interviews. Um, and it's very minimalistic. Again, um, that kind of um, almost like Parisian chic where it's like, you know, dainty gold jewelry, um, a structured white t-shirt or like a button up t-shirt. And to
1: the untrained eye, it's all clothes that you wouldn't be able to tell is designer.
0: Yes. But to the people in the know, they know it's designer and that's the, the special part of it they also um launched Elizabeth and James which is named after their other siblings in 2007. But after all we've talked about with their careers, what do you think of Elizabeth Olsen now like being famous and you know having that breakout role in like some Marvel situ and yeah.
1: yeah. Um I think it's great like you know the whole thing about Mary-Kate and Ashley is they have such a mystique about them and they look kind of alien and they kind of look like thousand-year-old wizards to me. You know, they they look yes, like they yes. know my past and future, you know. They have <laughs> that kind of essence to them. And Elizabeth Olsen seems so normal. <laughs> so normal. <laughs> and it remind like it's a reminder of like just uh, that ju- just what they've been through and how it's affected them because they all come from the same family. But Elizabeth also seems lovely. All the interviews with her, she's like funny and warm and just yeah, just like uh, someone who I think I'd love to be friends with.
0: <laughs> yeah, she seems very well adjusted. And I, in my head, I'm always thinking like, did Mary Kate and Ashley like protect? Elizabeth from the spotlight until she was like an age where she like, Someone could have the tools to handle it, or or were their parents, or were
1: their parents like we're so busy exploiting these twins that like we don't even have time to like
0: (laughs) take care of the rest of our kids. Elizabeth and James are like forgotten (laughs) in the back of their like minivan, and they're like, oh right, like we should probably like do something with (laughs) yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We don't, (laughs) yeah, we we've got our hands full with these two, so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, yeah. But and and she went into uh, the spotlight at a great age, which is just older because they, you know. It's like they say that you get frozen at the age you became famous. So what does that mean for people that became famous at nine months old?
0: Literally. (laughs) literally. A little
1: baby that doesn't speak and
0: (laughs) Well, when you said like that when Mary when you quoted Mary Kate saying, I look at pictures of myself and I feel disconnected, that I feel like harkens back to this idea of you're frozen in time at the age that you um got famous and that means that they again didn't have time out of the spotlight to develop their own identities or personalities or lives or whatever yeah
1: yeah exactly it's interesting what they were doing with with their career at this point but I'll let you I'll let you get into that
0: yeah so um again they're you're right like they're just making a lot of money they 2007 they had an estimated net worth of 100 million. And then I said by 2022, an estimated combined net worth of 500 million. So they're killing it. They release a book called Influence, interviewing prominent people in fashion. So they're really all in on the fashion game right now. Um, And that's kind of where they're at now as well. They Uh, Mary-Kate, I believe, was seen out at the 2022 Balenciaga fall fashion show with her AirPods in in Paris this past week. Which feels very on brand. (laughs) So on brand. And again, not just like, oh, I'm like, I don't even want to be here. I just like have to be. But like, I'm listening to something like, in my headphones yeah or like
1: (laughs) i want to look at some clothes and i don't even care if this looks
0: rude like i just yeah yeah. i don't want to (laughs) talk (laughs) yeah does
1: this does do i seem unapproachable good okay i just want (laughs) to sit here
0: i want to be unapproachable yes with my huge black sunglasses and um yeah my cigarette yeah yeah personally they dated a few notable men in their lives Um, Most notable for Mary Kate was Olivier Sarkozy, who was,
1: is that really, he was the brother of the president of France.
0: Yeah. So we're talking millions of dollars and like influence and, and stuff. So they were started dating in 2012. They were engaged in 2014, married in 2015, divorced in 2020, they had the infamous wedding in New York where there was just gold bowls of cigarettes on all of the tables. I
1: Yeah, when we were dividing and conquering for this episode, um, we were like, okay, one of us, uh, I'll take uh, the first half of their lives. You take the second half. I was like, you can take the second half as long as you cover the wedding with the bowls of cigarettes because it's such an evocative <laughs> image.
0: <laughs> it is. like Again, it's like F our health. Like everyone knows cigarettes are bad for you, but it's like, they just, they just, they don't care. They're too they're, chic. They're to... only bad
1: for you if you're a loser yeah, <laughs> and yeah. poor. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: like, Literally. Yeah, It's just, I remember that being like the detail to come out of their wedding. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I often defend age gap relationships because I'm kind of like, look, Everyone in Hollywood grows up differently, and I think unless it's someone who's like, you know, the second they turn eighteen they get snatched up by someone older, like that's not cool. but if if they are into their adult years and want to date someone who's much older, whatever, it's it doesn't ruffle me too much. But in the case of Marygate and Olivier Sarkozy, like it just looks wrong. I'm just gonna say it. like, seeing photos of them together it looks like he's dragging around a little rag doll like you know when kids like have their doll that they have to bring everywhere and they just like have they're like holding them that's what it literally looks like i'll, po- I'll post some photos to go with this because it's just like it's you look at it and you're like um okay okay
0: <laughs> so he's 53 and mary-kate and ashley are at the- now they're 36, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they have like a 17 year age gap. Yeah, it, it, they do have a pattern of dating older men. Do you think that's because they were fucking CEOs? From, they were hashtag girl bosses from a young age? Or like, what do you Or do you think they just have a type?
1: Pro, a little column A, a little column B. I mean, uh, <laughs> the fact that they're not dating worse people good for them they're not dating necessarily people with the most lovely reputation but as long as they're staying away from people that are total monsters um that's good which they seem to have managed but yeah I mean and and like I don't want to get too superficial with it but it's just like it's also just the fact that like they're so small they're so teeny tiny and pocket size and then when you have this like pretty big guy who's this big wealthy politician and he's over 20 years older it's just it's it's a look it's a vibe
0: yeah he has like great hair and stuff she's like blonde and like it just He and he looks like yeah, he looks it,
1: like the French president's brother I don't know he just yes, you know?
0: yes. Literally, it looks like a like cartoon.
1: Just, the cartoon version.
0: It just evokes such a clear image that, yeah, one hundred percent. And what they had
1: in so common, funny. probably so much chain smoking.
0: So much <laughs> smoking and just like being rich. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, like, and not wanting people to talk to them, probably.
0: Yes, yes. So she files uh, for divorce right in the midst of COVID um, at the time they weren't doing any non-emergency like uh, processes. It was like March, 2020. And so um, they declined her petition. She files it again, saying that it's like urgent um, and requests to stay in their Gramercy apartment also declined. And basically there was, because again, this was peak, covid there was actually a virtual hearing which like people and like all of those super um exploitative magazines were covering because you could actually watch the zoom oh yeah well i
1: mean that's but also (laughs) i'll take it because that's why britney's free you know?
0: Yes. Okay. And also, like, I'm like, they're exploitative. Like, as I read the articles, no, no, them, no. Generally, like, it generally, no, 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 no.
1: It's generally 99 of them are like humiliating and so on yeah, that they're like yes. on YouTube and it's like people's custody hearings and like that's terrible. Yeah. The one redeeming element <laughs> is that we got to hear Britney tell her truth. Yes. So at least yes. we have that. It-
0: Literally, <laughs> and again, like, I was watching it as everyone else was watching it, and like, yeah, for better or for worse. But she cited one of the main reasons for their divorce is that Olivier invited his ex-wife to live in Mary-Kate and Olivier's Bridgehampton home worth $5 million. And she was like, I think... um, most people would think that that's a little bit weird and um would want a divorce yeah and it
1: also just kind of seems again like very rich people things where a lot of things are for show or I'm sure a lot of people have arrangements just for the fact that they know that if they get into the divorce process they don't want to have to spend 50 million dollars on it or you know just the types of things that people in that echelon get involved in like dividing up their shady estates or whatever you know
0: yeah and it's yeah the like list of properties all over the world and stuff (laughs)
1: yeah yeah Yeah, being like whatever you know I'll just I'll just be here and in in this house and you be like in the Hamptons house
0: over there yeah (laughs) over there yeah
1: like maybe at that point I don't know I just I just think that they really live outside of the normal laws and a lot of social customs as as us commoners or like if you were having to get a divorce from someone and being like OK, maybe I'm going to have to like sleep on my friend's couch for two months. You know, it's not, it's yes, not, it's yes. not like that for them. They can just spend five years living across the country and <laughs> in their own mansion. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. He can just like go back to France or whatever. Yeah.
1: But anyway, it just it. either way, it didn't work out. So
0: it didn't work out. I don't think there's news on her dating anyone new at this point. But again, this is just um, it, the divorce was just finalized in twenty twenty one. Um, Ashley has like, honestly, one of the worst dating rosters I've ever seen. I'm looking at the list Um, and I'm like
1: deeply (laughs) cringy,
0: deeply, deeply cringy. And I just wrote down like notable people. I thought you were going to say notable Um,
1: douchebags because that's what I was saying in my head.
0: (laughs) Also notable douchebags because there was a few other, um, men that I just didn't know, didn't recognize their name. They were probably like businessmen or whatever, um she dated Dax Shepard in 2005 which you like everyone knows on this pod you hate and I hate too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: yeah if anyone wants to hear why I hate him I did a whole episode called the Dax and Kristen episode uh yes. <laughs> yeah he's not like he's not like a me too scandal kind of guy I mean I feel like you have to make that clear when you talk about that now with any men in Hollywood he's, just annoying. he's annoying as fuck like that's really what it yes. comes down
0: to literally um Jared Leto uh problematic king and cult leader (laughs) yeah so this was 2005 but then they were like kind of maybe rekindled thing in things in 2011 and I was like that's just too close to 2022 (laughs) for my liking yeah
1: yeah yeah it's uh yeah any Jared Leto dating not great uh (laughs) but the fact that you you hit it and you hit it again, just, all right, you know, not uh, another strike on the list, but hey, hey, Ashley, same. Like, look, and mine (laughs) weren't even, like, rich celebs, so what was my, what was my excuse? (laughs)
0: Uh, Her next boyfriend was Lance Armstrong. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, so cringe, like, 2007, so literally, I feel like right before his um cheating scandal happened just like
1: roided out lance armstrong
0: (laughs) so embarrassing like 15 year age gap she probably he probably wanted her to wear a live strong bracelet and she refused like
1: we were all we all had a live strong bracelet on our wrist though (laughs) at some point no one left 2007 without at least placing one on their wrist okay so we all See, we all did it you think
0: ashley didn't get through on do you think she was rocking the, the rubber band oh i think i mean i think you had to although
1: they're you know they're both pretty powerful in their own right so you know yeah. who?
0: Even- i wonder if she was like I I can't
1: because even Lance Armstrong was kind of at the top of his game at that point but Ashley also at that point was coming off the heels of I mean she had been acting was still in her acting career uh maybe even had more money than him so hey maybe they were they were uh up against their match
0: (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that's why they they clicked. Um, I think it was pretty short-lived, <laughs> Power though. Power couple. Power couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he he wrote a little bit about her in his memoir. Um, so he she must have made that much of a lasting impression. but Or he just wanted to name drop. Honestly, that's probably more likely because I think it was like a one-off sentence and it wasn't really flattering. I think he said something about her maturity level and I was like... You are dating someone fifteen years younger than you. I mean, what do you expect?
1: Just, just aside from all the steroid business, like just mm-hmm. dating someone who's a douchey athlete. Like, I just, ex- I, I, I picture them having to eat like boiled chicken, and them just telling you, you know, about like their carb loading, and you just having to like hear about this so every if- morning. You know, when they wake you up at four in the morning to go biking, it's just a It doesn't sound good any way you spin it.
0: (laughs) And that's aside from, like, the
1: cheating and everything. Then she moved on.
0: Justin, yeah, she moved on to Justin Bartha, who she dated for three years, 2008 to 2011. He was in the Hangover trilogy. He's an actor uh, and National Treasure. Um, But I think he's, like, kind of relatively unknown. Don't know if there's any Justin Bartha stands out there, but he was relatively unknown to me she dates a bunch of older men and then she finally settles down with louis eisner in 2017 who is the son of the geffen company Mm -hmm. uh president which is like a big music uh company so they were seen recently he's cute seems like they're like a good match so Mm -hmm. happy for her yeah same love
1: sending love and light
0: uh, yeah sending love and light to both of you should we chat about heath ledger i feel yes. like that yes yeah a thousand percent yes
1: uh yeah i'm like is that is that a question like is this whole thing yes. been leading up to this maybe for me yes. kind of
0: <laughs> yeah for me too like honestly he was really good friends with mary kate and there was a little bit of like suspicious Things that happen around his death, he overdosed on drugs. He was found by his massage therapist in his bed on January 22nd, 2008. But the suspicious part is that the massage therapist called Mary-Kate twice before contacting like the police or like emergency services. Um, So that's kind of the... I don't know scandalous part like why do you think she did that
1: I mean there's so many reasons but there's so much I'm sure that goes on when you're the support worker or you're you know part of the team of people that help out these rich people and you probably have to sign a lot of things but also I'm sure there's other things that are just you have to read between the lines and when you're the cleaner massage therapist whatever of people that are very in very active addiction but also have unlimited wealth I'm sure you have to kind of like help skirt past it cover things up like maybe you might be worried that their team is going to sue you or you know there's probably (laughs) This is total speculation. Maybe she just wanted to know for Mary-Kate, like, hey, what do you know if anything was in the drugs that likely they were doing together? Like uh, just a panicked thing. It's a really, it's a really panicked thing to call someone else before calling the police. And that's when, you know, illegal stuff is involved and I'm sure it was done likely out of pure fear and not like anything malicious on the massage therapist uh account.
0: Totally, 100%. Yeah, that was the only kind of thing that I could think about too is that maybe they did drugs together. Um
1: well because now it's like so common like at least in BC especially where it's like it's in the news every day where it's like oh this batch of drugs just went out and it is laced with this like um, this batch of this that just went out is deadly and six people just overdose. Like that's unfortunately the reality that we live in now. And so yep. maybe stuff like that was happening secretly that we weren't aware of kind of on and off with all these, um, you know, celebs. yeah. Yeah. Drug yeah. using celebs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do drugs um, with friends and get your drugs tested if you can. And, yeah all of that stuff so you're not alone if you have an accidental overdose yeah
1: but it it was so shocking Uh, it's shocking when any celebrity dies of course but Heath Ledger not that he was this squeaky clean guy but there weren't even rumors that I was aware of it was just he was the he was the it guy but he seemed down to earth and kind of cheeky and and just just very he seemed very sincere
0: super sincere I don't know if he's just so good looking that
1: I'm dazzled I'm like he seems so real but he kind of did
0: he did he he seemed special in that way and um yeah that might just be not someone that you would like attribute to doing drugs which again is kind of we all those stereotypes and kind of prejudices or preconceived notions about drug users so yeah and and, um the blind item people are probably going to yell at me for this but in my from my perspective, I had never really heard about drug use from Mary Kate either. I'm sure there's maybe blinds about it seems like every celeb nowadays not nowadays in all of time <laughs> do like um party drugs or cocaine, et cetera et cetera and so I don't think it's out of the realm to to think that um these two did them too, so yeah, it was interesting. She asked for legal immunity before sharing information about his death. Um, so I'm assuming, again, it's because they were illegal drugs. Um, but it seemed like she couldn't indicate who the source of drugs were. So I guess they never found out if it was like a certain batch that um, contained um, contained like a too strong potency or fentanyl or whatever it was
1: yeah it was also kind of scandalous because i don't think people knew that they were together and it was like he had recently had a kid and then separated from michelle williams yeah so it was all just seemingly very out of the blue um i doubt we will ever know the truth but i'm sure i bet the truth is maybe even wilder than fiction like just it, any, any time there's something suspicious like this, where you see someone dead and you don't, you do anything other than call 911, to me, that says there's like a network of suspicious things going on.
0: 100%. Like, what does that mean? Um, uh, did, did they want to like clean? Yeah. Clean something up beforehand or, um, I'm not sure, but yeah, Mary Kate, when she received the call from the massage therapist, um, she sent us one of her security guards to check on them. So who knows? Um, we might not ever know the truth, but no, because um, the
1: only people yeah. <laughs> maybe the only two people that know the truth were Heath and Mary Kate, who <laughs> is going to be tight lipped. So,
0: yep. Absolutely. We'll never know. Absolutely. Um Um, she's like one last thing, just to end on like a positive note, she competitively rides horses and has traveled around the U.S. and internationally, um, for competitions. And yeah, so she does that like pretty seriously. So she's definitely still girl bossing with like her, the row, Elizabeth and James, um, and horses,
1: her estates,
0: her horses, her estates. Yeah.
1: Yeah going to fashion shows with airpods in
0: (laughs) yeah like what a queen (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um so any any concluding remarks on the life and empire of mary and Ashley? you know you 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 mentioned um beforehand that they're gemini's that is interesting i mean their chart deserves a whole deep dive and i actually have a an astrology episode um, that I'll be recording in the next couple weeks, um, about celebrities, birth charts, but I should really do theirs because twin Geminis is, that's something I'll tell you, I'll tell you what (laughs) is
0: something. Yeah. You should add them to your list because I think it would complement this uh, episode really well. But, um, I think my final thoughts on them are just, I love them. (laughs) If that wasn't clear, Um, I think their career trajectory is really interesting because it seems like they still work very hard, but just in a different realm. Um, And yeah, again, it's just interesting to dissect girls and um, teenage girls and women in the early 2000s, especially people that were dictating Y2K aesthetic and were kind of the pinnacle of, beauty and girlhood and consumerism and all of this really interesting stuff. Yeah,
1: they're 36, but they've lived about 100 lives.
0: Truly. Like, who just picks up competitive horse racing in their 30s? like <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's (laughs) it's so random.
1: Yeah, but it goes very well with the whole, I don't know, like the airmet, just the, just the high fashion thing and having a house in the Hamptons. I feel like they come with a horse, you know?
0: Totally, and, like, how pedestrian of me to call it horse racing. I should have said, like, a competitive equestrian. Yeah,
1: it was probably show jumping, actually. Um, yes, yes. I, yes. I, I, I like, don't want to give myself away as kind of a horse girl myself. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, probably uh, it's show jumping. But um, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. <laughs> um, yeah, so respect to the original girl bosses and I'm interested to check back in with them in another 36 years
0: yeah me too <laughs> like, truly if they ever came out with like a tell-all or a memoir I'd be the first person to buy it
1: I know I think we all would but there's certain people so there's people like Britney where I think I could see a tell-all interview um happening or I could see a memoir happening these two, I think it's just in the vault.
0: Same, it's like that with me and like Taylor Swift, Mary Kate and Ashley, where it's like, yes, where it's like maybe Amanda and Brittany do some type of interview or book or something, but there are some pr- people that I think never will.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah, Taylor, <laughs> I, Tim, I think that she will ha- release her final album and then you'll line them all up and it'll spell something backwards and then that'll begin the process of her like finally telling her truth <laughs> like it's all been building up <laughs> Classic. that's what i think Classic. is gonna happen
0: <laughs> i love that theory tori thank you so much for coming on the pod thanks for having me this was thanks for indulging me <laughs>
1: Like, are you in this topic. are you kidding thanks for like <laughs> Being my friend who I somehow met in the TikTok (laughs) comments. Like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, Tell everyone where they can find you.
0: Yes, you can find me on socials at RTBP podcast. And then you can find Ready to be Petty on all podcast platforms. Okay,
1: amazing. And all that will be in the episode description. So thanks so much, Tori. And I'll talk to you soon. Au revoir, mes amours.